Welcome to episode 32 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein, and get ready for four straight days of 40-yard dashes, shuttles, and bench presses, of discussions of broad jumps, verticals, and medical testing. Yup, it's the NFL Combine and starting this afternoon. You can watch all of it on your television, as one does every year. So who should you look at? What should you watch for? As Bob Quinn, the Lions general manager, said on Tuesday... The Lions are going to be looking at everybody. In reality, they look at almost everybody every year, other than maybe the top two or three prospects. And often they'll even look at them, even though they won't necessarily admit it, because they might play that player down the road. And those things matter. So who should Detroit look at? And who should you pay attention to this week? There's a bunch of players, as we just talked about, as there's over 300 of them in Indianapolis, although not all of them will work out. But we'll do a quick breakdown for you of different positions so that way you're at least familiar with some names as you watch some combine drills. At quarterback, there's going to be a lot of attention on Tua, even though he's not going to be working out. But who else? Because quarterback is a position of some need for the Lions. Jordan Love is going to be one guy to watch. We've talked about him a couple times on this podcast already. Detroit worked with him at the Senior Bowl. He's a mid to late first round prospect and the perfect type of player to really let sit for a year behind Matthew Stafford. Interceptions are a concern for the former Utah State quarterback, but he is a good player with tremendous arm strength. It would probably take trading back into the first round or maybe getting that second first round pick if the Lions end up finagling a trade down situation to get Jordan Love, but he's going to be worth paying attention to. Who else? Well, I'd watch Anthony Gordon, who was on the show last week, uh, along with Jalen Hurts and maybe Brian Lewerke, the ex-Michigan State quarterback, as guys who could be late round picks. And then If you look a little bit earlier in that similar situation as Love, guys like Jacob Eason and Jake Fromm are players that could be late first, early second type players. And maybe that's a position that they take in the second round if Eason or Fromm is there. Or maybe they consider trading back into the first at 31 or 32 to get that potential fifth year option on Eason or Fromm, but of course, we don't know what the future of the fifth-year option is as of this recording on Tuesday night because we don't know what the future CBA will look like. Running back has some interesting talent, and while none will come into play in the first round for Detroit, at least at number three or number five or anything like that, a player like Ohio State's J.K. Dobbins, who has a good combination of speed and power, could be a round two type of prospect. Same with Wisconsin's Jonathan Taylor. Later on, The Lions worked with Josh Kelly at the Senior Bowl, and he impressed them. He's a guy that maybe you get in round three or on day three and can be a really good complement third back for Carrion Johnson and Bo Scarborough. Of course, we're going to have to see what happens with free agency here too because the Lions could try to make a splash there at running back, and then that would change everything. Florida's LaMichael Pirine could be a guy to look at late in the draft. The receiver group might be the most talented in the draft, and and by might, I mean is the most talented throughout the draft. While it would be surprising to see Detroit take Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, the position is one of need for the Lions since their top four receivers are all free agents at the moment after 2020, although that's likely to change as long as Kenny Galladay gets a contract extension. 
Lynn Bowden from Kentucky is a player that really intrigues me. The Lions are going to have to do some work on him, and, and really that's up to the scouts, guys like Dave Sears, who I wrote about on Monday and we talked about on the podcast on Monday. Going to really have to do their homework on him to see if he's a guy they feel good about. But he has some capability in the slot as a middle-round player. Antonio Gandy-Golden, another senior bowl prospect, he's out of Liberty, will be a player to watch as well. There's also a couple of guys with Lions connections here. The son of former Lions receivers coach Sean Jefferson is Van Jefferson from Florida. He can play a bit. He was also in the Senior Bowl and could be a mid-round pick. Lastly, keep an eye on Cody White. And he's the son of former Lions exec Sheldon White, a Michigan guy. Played at Michigan State. And he's probably maybe a late-round pick, but he has real potential and always really stood out to me in college football, even though he didn't have that massive amount of production. One other guy in that realm, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's much more of a potential overproduction player from his time at Michigan. The potential, the skill is all there. I'll be curious to see how he works out. If he really shows out in a workout and then combines it with a good pro day at Michigan, he could push himself up some boards because of that potential. And that could make him a potentially interesting day two prospect. Plus, and we don't know if Darius Slay will be around the Lions anymore, he has a relationship with Darius Slay. I can't see the Lions really taking a tight end, but Randy Moss's kid, Thaddeus Moss, is a player I want to see work out. Just from a personal standpoint, I want to watch that. He's a massive guy, has fantastic hands. Can't see the Lions, again, going tight end early based off of the commitment they have to TJ Hawkinson, the one they made to Jesse James and free agency last year. And they also drafted Isaac Nada. So they seem to maybe have that nucleus of that room, but you never know when it comes to the Lions. On the offensive line, I can't go too much in depth here. And also, these drills aren't great for offensive linemen other than the bench press because it doesn't really matter what the offensive lineman runs in the 40, if we're being honest. Cesar Ruiz from Michigan will be worth paying attention to. Potentially, he's a Late first, early second round prospect. Could fill in well for Graham Glasgow if Glasgow departs in free agency. As always, though, the offensive line is a need, and it's going to be something that you're going to have to watch. Defensive line will get a ton of attention, though. That starts with Chase Young, who isn't expected to be working out at the Combine, to Derek Brown, who made the rounds at the Senior Bowl despite injury, Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina, also not expected to work out in Indianapolis, but he's another potential first-rounder and really a potential elite talent who's been ascending. Beyond that, we've talked a bunch on this podcast about Bradley Anye and Josh Uche. Uche is more of a linebacker edge rusher. Both players, Detroit, worked with at the Senior Bowl, who could be day two picks. Yator Gross Matos from Penn State probably won't be there in round two, although guys always slip. But he's someone I would watch maybe as a defensive trade-up late in the first round, or if he's sitting there when the Lions are picking early in the second round, I would maybe look to really take him. He's got some elite potential there down the road. Kenny Detroit worked with Kenny Willekes at the combine, or sorry, at the Senior Bowl, and I'm curious to see how he runs at the combine. That could be a big factor for him. A couple of other names to watch, a lot from the Senior Bowl again. Jason Strawbridge, who the Lions played, paid a bunch of attention to in Mobile, and Alton Robinson, 
who has a lot of baggage. Again, that's another player, like we were talking about earlier, that, that the Lions will have to do a lot of work on to see if they're comfortable taking him. But he has definite talent. There's zero question about that. You saw that at the Senior Bowl. You saw that at Syracuse. And lastly, there's Julian Aquara. A year ago, he was potentially a top 10 pick. Then he didn't have the best senior year. He got hurt. He's coming off a broken leg. There are questions about his health at this point, obviously because of the broken leg. If he can show that he's healthy and that's maybe more of a pro day question for him as well, he's a guy that really could get a lot of attention. Maybe he comes an early second round pick, again, late first round pick. The Lions should have a pretty good book on him because if the last name sounds familiar, it should. He's the younger brother of Lions defensive end Romeo Aquara. Isaiah Simmons would be the guy at number three or number five or whatever top 10 pick the Lions have if they go linebacker early and Simmons is there. Players like Zach Bond from Wisconsin, Patrick Queen from LSU are possibilities maybe late in round one or again that early round two spot, which to me is where the Lions have even more options than they do at number three when they have a lot of options, but they're more elite options and there's only certain ways they can go. In round two, you could almost go anywhere. Detroit needs to get faster at linebacker, and this is the place to do it. The Lions also worked with Khalid Hudson at the Senior Bowl. He could be a day three guy. To me, he's an interesting safety linebacker hybrid, kind of a very poor man's Isaiah Simmons. And if the Lions moved on from Tavon Wilson, maybe they look that direction for him. Then there is cornerback and Jeffrey Akuda, who's the name most tied to Detroit, will get the most attention. If he runs well, and that's going to be something to really watch for him, he could lock himself into the top five, maybe even the top three or four. And honestly, if the Lions don't trade out of three, he may start to look like the surefire selection for Detroit because haven't really seen him run. Darius Slay, actually, on Monday's podcast, talked a little bit about that. When we were talking about his combine experiences, I asked him about Okuda, and he said that's the thing that I think a lot of people want to see, but because he hasn't had to show he needs to run because he's that good as a press corner and as a man corner, so he's been able to lock guys up. That Slay noticed that and complimented him with that is no small feat because that's one of the things Slay does best. So Okuda, definitely a player, maybe more than any other, that I'll be watching on TV at the Combine. He's just that good. Detroit has to figure out cornerback situation. There's a bunch of senior bowl guys that are going to be players to watch later on. Michigan native Michael Ojemudie is one. Nebraska's Lamar Jackson, who if you go on ESPN.com today, you'll read a story about Nebraska's Lamar Jackson and how that name has been life difficult for him considering he's pretty much always going to be the other Lamar Jackson when he's in the NFL. And Oklahoma State's A.J. Green, otherwise known as the other A.J. Green, because there's the Cincinnati Bengals' A.J. Green. A.J. Terrell didn't have the best title game for Clemson. He really struggled with some of LSU's receivers, but he can play. Just had a bad day at the office in that title game. He's potentially a day-two pick to watch if he ends up being there. At safety, the Lions don't really have a pressing need, but Antoine Winfield Jr. is somebody who could be a nice addition in day two or and could be a solid NFL starter a few years down the road. Again, if Detroit doesn't re-sign Tavon Wilson in free agency, it makes this a little bit more of a need. Maybe you go younger there. But the Lions have invested a lot of capital 
on day two at safety, back-to-back third-round picks with Tracy Walker and Will Harris. So you have to think that they're going to really look other places and maybe try to add through free agency or late at safety. But again, that's just my opinion. So that's a quick overview of some guys to watch the next few days at the Combine. We'll be right back right after this with some of your questions in this week's Podback. Come on down to Regents Field, Ann Arbor's true sports bar at 204 South Main Street in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Check out some of the food specials, including some gluten-free options and drink specials as well. You can also play skee-ball for free along with darts and even trivia on Monday nights. For more information, check out Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Regents Field. Now, back to our show. And now we're back with this week's pod bag. Just a point of clarification. We're recording this Tuesday night. If something happens between Tuesday night and Thursday morning with Darius Slay or another player, that's why there isn't necessarily an answer for that in here. So some questions might seem a little bit out of date if that happens. Just want to get that out there right off of the bat. Less white. At IconSilk713 asks, would you agree that at this point, the Lions' major free agent signings need to be an offensive guard, defensive tackle, and perhaps a backup quarterback? It's a good question, Les. And I would imagine they look at defensive tackle and free agency and the draft because right now the position is pretty bare with their top three guys from last year all headed to free agency in the recently cut Damon Harrison, Ashawn Robinson, and Mike Daniels. Offensive guard is a question. Could see Detroit bringing back a cheaper vet like either Kenny Wiggins or Ode Abouche, and then drafting someone to have them compete with Wiggins, Abouche, or whatever other bargain-type guard to compete for the starting gig. Maybe you have two vets and a rookie, some sort of combination like that, but I think that that's maybe another combination of free agency and the draft and also they have Bo Benchfall last year's high priority undrafted free agent who could compete there I just don't think they're going to be big players at guard unless they decide they really want to get Joe Thune from New England or Brandon Scherf from Washington because part of the thing with Graham Glasgow was not necessarily wanting to spend big money at that position especially when you will eventually have to pay Frank Ragnow down the road and you're going to probably have to pay Taylor Decker sooner than later. Guard, not as important necessarily as center and tackle. Backup quarterback should see a vet signed unless Detroit really feels good with going with David Blau, Kyle Slaughter, and a rookie competing for the number two gig. I don't know if I would feel comfortable doing that, so I would imagine they look at some veteran options, maybe a Case Keenum, if they really want to solidify and go from one of the worst backup situations in the league to one of the better ones. One other thing I'll mention, and we'll get to this also a little bit later, all of this is predicated on what happens with Darius Slay. Cornerback, not as big of a free agency issue if Slay is around. If he's gone, it becomes maybe their biggest need in free agency. Badthony, who's at Badthony, asks, how many quality pieces are the Lions away from competing for the NFC North title? I say seven. Well, 
I think seven's probably a little high. I would say four, five. We're recording this Tuesday night, as I've mentioned a couple times. So if Slay gets traded between now and Thursday, or Tuesday and Thursday, rather, that bumped that number up by one because Slay is their best defensive player, clearly their best cornerback. Detroit has good building blocks on offense and Kenny Galladay, Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, Frank Ragnow, and Taylor Decker. And on defense, and Trey Flowers, Tracy Walker, Amani Awarie, Jelani Tavai, maybe a Romeo Aquara if he can look more like the player he did in 2018, and at least for now, Darius Slay on defense. So that's a decent number of players to work with. But yeah, even then, you can't feel great about some of those defensive pieces because you don't really know what you have in Tavai. You don't really know what you have in Awarie. Obviously, there are questions about Slay and his future. Okwara, there are some questions there as well. So the Lions have some work to do, particularly on defense. On offense, they really should feel pretty good with the options that they have and really need to build the depth there. And also the running back situation, again, a question because Carrion Johnson hasn't been able to stay healthy. Bo Scarborough, can he do what he did in the last half of the season over a full year? What do they have out of Ty Johnson? Again, those are questions. And I would maybe put Carrion Johnson in the like good pieces category, but the injury problems are what really would concern me. Matthew Ratliff at MD underscore Ratliff asks, which free agent would you say is the most likely to be signed by the Lions? And honestly, I don't really have a great answer for that yet. Uh, I think a lot of that will shake out in the next week or so, two weeks. There's still so much that can happen between now and free agency. Plus, there is, as we've talked about over and over, the Darius Slay question. If the Lions move on from Slay, I'd look at Byron Jones or James Bradbury as potential targets for a younger number one corner because the Lions have to solidify that position. They can't go into the year with Amani Awarie and... If they take Jeffrey Okuda at number three as their two top corners or a mid-priced vet and a warrior or, you know, mid-priced vet and Okuda. And obviously have Justin Coleman in the slot, but he's much better in the slot than outside. You need a legit number one, especially if you're going to play a lot of man defense, which the Lions do, because if your pass rush isn't great, and we saw what happens when your pass rush is bad last year. But even if it's average, you need a corner, at least one corner that's so sticky to his receiver that you feel really good about him being able to lock that down, kind of like Darius Slay or Richard Sherman. Even though, yeah, I mean, that's just what it has to be. That's where I'd start looking immediately. I can't imagine Chris Jones gets out of Kansas City, so that would take him out of play. And I'm not sure if... And Indomitian Sue Reunion would be in the cards at defensive tackle. So I would look at corner if Slay is no longer in Detroit. If he is in Detroit, then I would probably look at somewhere along the defensive line, maybe defensive tackle, maybe offensive guard if they find a mid-price guy, maybe even running back. I know, I think it was PFF that had sent Melvin Gordon to Detroit. That would be really interesting to see what would happen there. And obviously, Matt Patricia likes having a multitude of backs he can count on and it's very similar to what New England tries to do with their backs with Sony Michelle and James White and Rex Burkhead so wouldn't shock me if they went with a running back but I don't know if they would want to pay Melvin Gordon what he's probably going to command on the market Mr. Drunkbeard who's at Mr. Drunkbeard asks is Isaiah Simmons on the Lions radar whether they stay at three or trade back 
Well, if he's not, he should be. He's versatile, can line up a bunch of places, and would be a fun piece for Matt Patricia to move around, especially with the scheme that he likes to run. He can be on the field every single play, can cover tight ends, make life easier for Tracy Walker, who's one of their ascending players. He can also rush the passer. To me, and I've talked about this a couple of times already on the podcast, I would heavily consider taking him at number three and would really, 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 really consider taking him if he's available in any tradeback scenario. I think he has a chance to be one of the top three players in this draft when his career is over. And whatever team takes him, as long as they have a smart plan for him, should be very, very happy with what they get from Isaiah Simmons. Lights Out Fantasy, which is at Lights Out underscore FF, asks, is Matt Patricia on the proverbial hot seat entering the 2020 season? In a word, yes. In 10 words, yes. Times 10. His seat is probably one of the top two or three hot seats in the league, if not the hottest of all. He has to win this year. How much remain, How much he has to win remains to be seen a little bit, but another subpar season or an under 500 season likely means the end of his tenure in Detroit. Remember, there's that nebulous being competitive play, for the playoffs that the Fords threw out there, right? That could mean anything. Like if they're 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 and somehow don't make the playoffs, it would be hard to move on from him. But if they're 7 and 9 and do and then get blown out in the first round, would you keep him at that point? So there are so many variables there, but there is no question that Matt Patricia is on one of the hottest seats in the NFL entering 2020. Brandon Carpenter, who's at Big House Go Blue One asks, with the release of Snacks Harrison, does this mean that the Lions are going to try to re-sign Ashawn Robinson? Or does it mean they might tip their hand for free agency or the draft? Well, they might try to re-sign Ashawn, but I'm not positive of that by any means. Ashawn's going to expect some decent money, and I don't know if the Lions would want to meet that price. He's essentially a run stopper at this point who needs another good player next to him to really be effective. And you've seen that throughout the last few years of his career. It'll be an interesting decision for Bob Quinn. Not necessarily sure I would pay all that much for Ashawn Robinson's return, though. I think you'd need more out of the defensive tackle spot for what he would likely command. But yeah, at this point, the Lions have to look at defensive tackle and the free agency in the draft. I look at it like this. This is the 2020 version of tight end for Detroit, which means that the position group's getting almost a complete makeover. Doug from at Doug Don't Tweet asks this. I want Captain Planet cleats from Darius Slay on Saturday night. Do you think I should wear them to work at my office job? Yes or no? Thanks for your input. Doug, you absolutely should wear them. Maybe if it's snowing because it might give you more traction, you should also post that on Twitter. Maybe run a 40 in it if you can. Go for it. However, if they're signed cleats, I would obviously not wear them because that would diminish the value. And maybe, honestly, if we're being real, I wouldn't wear them at all because you might want to hold on to them. You definitely wouldn't want to ruin them if I am you. So that is just kind of, I think, how I would approach that if I had some cleats from Darius Slay. Brett Yoder, who's at Brett Yoder, asks, is there a roadmap to two wins for the Lions next year? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a roadmap to two wins. I, I don't know if you would like 
bank on that. That would be, I mean, they would, uh, yes, there is a roadmap to two wins. More than likely, it would involve any sort of combination of Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, Tracy Walker, Darius Slay, if they still have him, Trey Flowers, Frank Ragnow, Taylor Decker, Carry on Johnson, Marvin Jones, Jerry Davis, even like half of those guys would have to get hurt. Like half of the Lions top people would have to get hurt for them to be a two win team. That that would be the roadmap there. And then just Matt Patricia really just looking lost as a head coach and it just not working well. And the the offense regressing immensely like it would be a worst case scenario for them and frankly i i don't think i think if they were on the path to two wins and they have a buy anywhere other than week four or five if they were really that far down that's where you could maybe even see a mid-season coaching change if it were that bad so that would be how i'd see the map to two wins i, I can much easier see a map to anywhere from eight to nine wins than to two And lastly, Mark McGeeth, who's at Mark McGeeth, says releasing Harrison, maybe trading Slay, moves that don't scream playoffs or bust. Does this mean we should expect the Lions to be pretty active in pursuing defensive free agents? And Mark, I think they will. I don't expect them to be big spenders in free agency this year. I just, I just don't know if I see it. But... I think they will spend in free agency and I think they will focus on the defensive side of the ball because you need to, you need to get better there. You need proven talent there. And I don't know if you can wait for a third round pick to develop. If you're Matt Patricia at this point on the defensive side of the ball, you can on offense where most of your top line guys are back from a year ago and you really want to add depth, but on defense, you need starters and depth at defensive tackle you might need a second starter at defensive end you probably need an edge rusher that's rotational at worst and can replace Devon Kennard at best you probably need a line another linebacker right now your second corner is Amani Awarie who has potential but you need some sort of more proven option there and that's not even if they trade Darius Slay, if they trade Darius Slay, then you need a number one corner and, and you don't have that. You might not have a one or a two on your roster at this point, although Justin Coleman is a good slot corner. Safety, you feel good with Tracy Walker, I would guess, but maybe not as much yet with Will Harris, although he has potential. So, yeah, look at that defense. They need players. They need playmakers. So, I would expect that if if and when they do go after guys in free agency, that they look at defensive players in free agency, maybe add an offensive piece or two, maybe add a veteran running back, maybe add uh, a, a veteran guard, maybe a veteran backup quarterback. But other than that, if I'm looking to really add significant pieces to my roster, if I'm the Lions, I'm looking on defense. Well, that's it for this combined pod bag combine preview. Thanks, as always, to my producers, David Woodley and Stephen Arkinall. Thanks to Blue Wire for hosting this podcast and Regents Field for being the physical host of this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist, and you can follow the show at the Michael Rothstein Show Facebook group. As always, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Subscribe. Please subscribe because downloads are how this podcast grows. 
and that only helps us here. So please do that. Let us know who maybe you want to hear from. Get, leave us a five-star review. If you do leave a comment, maybe let me know who you might, like I said, want to hear from down the road. And with that, we'll chat with you on Monday. <laughs>